This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So uh, that was interesting. Yeah. What in the world happened last night? What did we even watch? It was the final Battle of the Bay on Thursday Night Football, an inspiring win for the 49ers, and an embarrassing loss for the Raiders. 34-3 was the final. Now the 49ers pick up their second one of the season. Meanwhile, the Raiders drop to 1-7. Not very good. But this is good. This is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire. Check out our other pods at bluewire.com. Now I want to give a special shout out to Ted Wynn, the host of Coffee House Stunt. He breaks down the X's and O's of the silver and black. And also Kevin Jones with the Kevin Jones podcast, which is all things 49ers. So make sure you subscribe. It's good stuff. With that being said, I found Smith with my guy, James Jones, who woke up bright and early this morning to make sure we put out a podcast this week. So I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> Not a problem. You know, I got your back always. We're going to give these fans what they want. I don't know if it's what they want. Maybe some therapy is what they need. But let's get to that. Let's get to the game, the Thursday night football game. Again, the 49ers, they played inspiring football. Meanwhile, the Raiders simply quit. It was embarrassing, to say the least. The 49ers used an undrafted third-string quarterback in Nick Mullins, who, by the way, had never, ever, 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 taking a snap in an NFL regular season game, and they made him look like an all-pro. He carved up the Raiders' defense. It was one big play after another, wide-open receivers. He went untouched all night long. And then, in the process, he broke some records. He made history. Yeah, he became the first player in 49ers history to throw three touchdowns in a debut. And get this. His 151.9 passer rating is the highest by any player in his NFL debut since the 1970 merger. Crazy. Now, albeit the Raiders' defense is terrible, and it was atrocious last night. They looked confused. They looked out of place. The offense, just as bad, only scoring three freaking points. Yeah, I know they have a patchwork offensive line, yada, yada, yada. There's no excuse. Just no excuse. And James, last Sunday against the Colts, they played great offensively, minus the Doug Martin fumble at the end, which turned the tide, of course. So you come into this game, though, thinking, okay, maybe they can win this thing. And then they lay an egg on the national stage. Oh, man, Fallon. For the first time this season, as a Raider and always a Raider, that was hard to watch. Like, I'm watching the TV, and I'm looking at the game, and I'm thinking to myself, man, 
I talked my guy Jordy Nelson into coming to the Oakland Raiders, selling him that, man, look, you got a chance to win. You know, you in California. You know, the Raiders is on their way up. And I know he last night he was probably in the game like, man, J.J. just sold me a dream, man. <laughs> because I... <laughs> I'm watching. It was really, it was really hard to watch. I'm talking about from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball to the special teams to the coaches on the sideline, the facial expressions and stuff on the sideline. And it's one thing to lose. We lost, we lost a lot when I was there in in 14, but it always looked like we was selling out. I, I can't say that about our team. It always looked like whenever we took the field, that team we had. We were selling out. People were playing hard. Mm-hmm. And I love the players, man. All those dudes are my guys over there. But it looked like they looked like, man, I just can't wait till these last games is over so we can go ahead and get to Cabo. <laughs> or we can go ahead and get to wherever we want to go. Because that's how it looked last night. Because I'm looking 1-7 49ers, you know, 1-6 Oakland Raiders. I'm thinking like, okay. Is this going to be a tough game for both teams? It'll be close, but I think the Raiders will run away with it, especially with a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they went out there, and they look like that. That was that was really hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. Well, it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't bring up the 2014 Raiders. By the way, you brought it up first. So now I'm going to ask you, are they worse than your 2014 squad? You know what, Fallon? That's a very good question because I was, as I was sitting here, Last night watching the game, I was with my little seven-year-old, and he kept on bumping me and bumping me and saying, Daddy, why ain't the Raiders scoring touchdowns? Why the Niners winning? And I'm like, son. <laughs> I'm like, son, I don't know what's going on, son. I said, and then I thought about the question you asked me, like would our team have to beat this team? Watching the game last night, I truly believe we would beat this Raiders team. That's on. That's a, that's that's this season. I truly believe the product I seen on the field last night that our team in 2014 would have beat this Raiders team. That's 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 here this year. Well, remember that one time a couple weeks back on the podcast, I asked you if the Raiders were the worst team in the NFL, and you said no, no way. And I said yes. Yeah. Well, sir, after yeah. last night, I think it's safe to say I was right. If we're keeping it 300 and all, if we're keeping it 300. <laughs> you know, I never like to say you're right, especially when it comes to, you know, me and you arguing sports and talking <laughs> sports. But I would, I, would ha- I, mean, I would have to say you're right. I mean, from what we've seen last night, the Raiders are probably the worst team in the National Football League. And it hurt. I'm telling you, it hurts me to say. But the product I seen last night, nothing is going right for them. The coaches don't seem like they know what to do to fix it, and it's just it just it just looks bad. It, it really it really looks bad. And you think back to all the stuff that's been going on, off the field, all the trades that's been made, just everything since the beginning of the season, since training camp, and you know last night, it kind of looked like last night it just was wearing on the players. Yep. Like. Mentally and physically, it was just wearing on them. Like, man, we got way too much going on in the organization right now. And that's how the players looked on the field and the coaches looked on the sideline. Well, did you see the video that I tweeted last night? Yeah, with Gruden talking to his defensive coordinator. Well, yes. And so this is what's crazy. It got 
over 120,000 views and counting, by the way. It's insane. So for those who don't know, obviously James saw it, but you guys probably didn't see it. Uh, the camera caught an interaction between John Gruden and defensive coordinator Paul Gunther on the sideline. Now, Gruden, he kind of smacked uh, Gunther's arm, kind of like, what the heck is going on? And then Gunther threw up his arms, and it looked like he was pointing to the scoreboard or something. I have no idea what was being said. But, yes, the defense was playing like trash. But if I'm Gunther, I'm like, John, I know you ain't coming at me crazy when your offense has just put up three points. Like, go somewhere with all that. But it's a mess right now, as you said, the interaction perfectly displayed, though, the dysfunction and the train wreck that is happening right now in Oakland. It seems like John Gruden is trying to point the finger at everybody else, but the only person he has to blame right now is himself. And you're absolutely right, man. You always got to look in the mirror and start with yourself before you start blaming anybody. Now, I know it was easy yesterday to blame the defensive coordinator because, look, we got a third-string quarterback in here, mm -hmm. you know, and he's lighting us up, and we got a lot of veterans on our defense. We should have the edge in this one. And they were out scheming the Raiders, out coaching the Raiders, and out playing the Raiders. And just as an offensive coach over there, like, okay, you thinking it's a young guy in. We should be playing better than this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for the 49ers defense, the 49ers have a solid defense. They got a lot of playmakers over there. They got a couple of veterans over there that could make plays. So it could have been a chess match over there with, with that defense versus the Raiders offense. But you would think going into the game when they said they were going to start Mullins that, okay, the Raiders have the edge, yeah. at least in the defensive area. So <laughs> the game will at least be close. So in my mind, I kind of feel like that's how that's what Gruden was thinking. Like, man, come on, what are what are you doing? What kind of plays are you calling? This is a rookie out there, and guys are wide open. Like that should not happen. We have a lot of veterans on our defense. You're a veteran defensive coordinator. This should this should not be happening. You know. So I think that's kind of where he was going. Like, what's going on? We can't stop him. You know, and we just played Andrew Luck, and before that, you know, we played good quarterbacks, and now this rookie is carving us up. So that's kind of, kind of how I took it. But at the end of the day, man, you you got to do something to stop that young kid. I mean, guys are running free. I mean, he's carving you up his first NFL game, and credit to him. You know, credit to Mullins. He was prepared. He came out there ready. But I was so confident in the Raiders' defense. Being a rookie quarterback was in the game, I'm like, okay, shoot, they'll get a couple turnovers. They'll, you know, stop the run. You know, they'll get after this kid. So I'm like, man, I rushed to my phone to hurry up and pick the Raiders defense up on fantasy. Oh, like, you oh, played yeah, yourself. I'm finna still. <laughs> you would have been better off with the 49ers. You played yourself. I'm like, I'm finna steal me some points. <laughs> and, you know, then I, then I woke up with the Jordan mean face. Dude, I mean, the fact that the 49ers had, they had seven sacks, seven sacks, six on Carr, one on uh, A.J. McCarron when he went into the game. So you were better off picking the 49ers defense. Uh, but it's funny because a lot of people actually did do, do what you did, um, and now they're kicking themselves in the butt. Negative points for us, but it's all good. It's <laughs> all good. Forget, forget fantasy. I'm a Raider, and I'm always going to be a Raider. And from watching that game, it, it really hurt me, like, even just talking to you right now, like me knowing so many guys on the team and having close relationships with so many guys on the team, like I don't want that for Jordy. I don't want that for D.C. 
you know, like like that that hurts to watch. And you know, hopefully they get it fixed. Hopefully they could they could find a way to to come out of this season and, and get them a couple more wins. But this is what's crazy. So entering the game, you know, the 49ers, not sure if you know, they were a two and a half point favorite, right? Then when Vegas found out that they were starting Mullins, the third string quarterback, there was a three and a half point swing favoring uh, the Raiders by one point. Okay, so on paper, obviously, they should have won this thing, right? But that's why there isn't a paper championship. We always say that. I think Jack Del Rio actually used to say that. I just stole one of his quotes. But these are just two bad teams. But the morale on each side is different, right? The 49ers, they know they don't have the roster to win right now. And they believe that they're heading in the right direction. And if it wasn't for injuries to, of course, Garoppolo and McKinnon, maybe they would be in a different position. But they really believe that they're heading in the right direction. You know, then you have the Raiders. They're lost. The players don't know what the future holds. They're walking into the building like, so uh, does John Gruden care about this season or not? Like they're hearing their coach talk about how he can't wait until the draft. He told Howie Long, you know, how he gets calls from players who are dying to be Raiders and that he's happy. He'll have the cap space to sign players who he wants to be Raiders. That was key to sign players who he wants to be Raiders. And it's like, dude, you're still in season. If I'm a player... I wouldn't want to be in Oakland right now. Like, where's the loyalty to this team, to the 2018 team? I'm sure he's telling the players something different in their meetings, but I think by now they're looking at him like he's a used car salesman. And most of them, let's be real, they're mentally checked out. Oh, you're absolutely right. Right. That's why I was saying on the field, that's how it looked. It looked like the guys on the field playing were just mentally checked out. Like, man, it's way too much going on off the field. You know, like, look, I can't wait till the off season comes. That's what it looked last night. Mm-hmm. Look, that's what it looked like last night. And I'm like, man, the 49ers look like, okay, we don't have no off the field distractions. We lost our, our star quarterback. We lost our star running back. But look, we're going to compete, we're going to fight, we're going to try to be in every game, and we're going to see uh, if we can win these games in the fourth quarter. And that's how the, the 49ers approach the game. You can see how they played against the Packers. You see what they just did to the Raiders. Like, they're fighting. I could tell that their game plan is to look. We're going to play as hard as we can, yep. and we're going to try to keep this thing close. And then when the fourth quarter comes, hopefully we're right there and we can try to win these things in the, in the, in the fourth quarter. But the 49ers, you can tell just is about trying to just play consistent, play consistent, and maybe stack a couple wins because next year they know they get their guys back and our team is going to be strong mm-hmm. and be able to go compete. That's how they play. The Raiders play like we don't know what in the world is going on. We don't even know if we're going to be here all the stuff that's going on. We don't know what direction our coach is going in. And you could just tell the difference on the field as they were playing. And I'm like, man, it's hard to watch. Because even our 2014 team, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like we were just releasing guys. It wasn't like we were just, you know, had a bunch of off-the-field problems. We just didn't have the talent on the field to win. And eventually, eventually we knew, like, okay, we got some key pieces here to build on you know what I mean we'll get some more good players in here and we'll win some ball games but let's go out there and like I said about the 49ers that was our approach in 14 let's go out there let's grind let's scratch let's claw when we look up at the fourth quarter let's be close let it be a possession game and let's go try to win these things 
you know, but but nobody feared like losing their job or getting cut or worried about any of that stuff off the field. We all felt like, okay, we're going to be here as long as our contract is going to be here. Obviously, it didn't work out, but that's that's what we all thought. We didn't have all this stuff going on off the field. What I think is crazy is that a couple of weeks ago, people were calling for Kyle Shanahan's head. And I'm sorry, but Shanahan deserves a lot of credit. I know they've only won two games, but we kind of knew that was coming when Garoppolo went down. But the job that he's done with the roster he has right now offensively is impressive. And the fact that they are fighting for each other, fighting for him still, regardless of what their record is, that's impressive as well. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, man. These sometimes these fans, man, they they just get out of control, man. They that's just ridiculous. You lose your starting running back that you bring in free agency to to plug into your offense that you know exactly how you want to use McKinnon running the ball and out of the backfield on passing routes, and then you lose your hundred million dollar quarterback that not only makes your offense better but he also makes your defense better and. They're still in games, competing in games. Yeah, they're losing, but I don't see any coach off the street coming in there right now doing a better job than what Shanahan is doing. Shanahan has his team playing hard. He has his team in close games, and he has the offense playing at a high level. Like Sometimes fans just, just get ridiculous. And I know, understand you want your team to win. You want your team to be in the Super Bowl every year. But, man, it takes time, especially when you lose key players. you got to switch a lot of things up. A lot of the things you came into the season that you want to do with Jimmy G and McKinnon, you got to switch it all up. You got a third string quarterback in there. I love what Shanahan is doing with this team and the Niners are in good hands. Well, I'm going to stick with the 49ers for now then. Let's talk about Nick Mullins. Okay, this was so cool. So (laughs) he put on such a show that during the game he became verified on Twitter. I'm sure his phone was blowing up probably malfunction. I don't know. Got to get another phone. Got to change his number something. <laughs> but he's an undrafted free agent quarterback, right? He went to Southern Miss where he broke all of Brett Favre's records, a guy you played with. Uh, yeah. And the saying goes, success happens when preparation meets opportunity. Now, Nick was given the opportunity to start in the NFL uh, and he was prepared and His preparation is next level. This is what I thought was really, really cool, James. Aaron Andrews said his teammates told her after games last year and this year, Mullins would take the play sheet from the game, go into the empty stadium, and run the plays on his own by himself. So when his number was called, obviously he was ready. Now, James, I know I'm getting ahead of myself if I say this This could potentially be another Kurt Warner situation, <laughs> a guy who, you know, was undrafted and had success in the NFL. Uh, but from what you saw, do you think Mullins could be the real deal or was his performance a fluke because he was going against a terrible Raiders defense? What do you think? You know what, Fallon, when I was watching the game last night, um, I heard that same thing you just told me. During the game. About his preparation? About his preparation. And as bad as the Raiders were playing, I instantly started rooting for Mullen. Me too. Because I always tell, like, even when I go talk to kids, I always tell them, I've never seen nothing bad happen to people that work hard. Like, yeah, it may take you time to get where you're trying to go, 
But if you continue to work hard, eventually it's going to work in your favor. And when I heard that story, I'm like, man, this kid goes into the stadium after the game and runs all the plays that were called. I said, man, I hope this kid has as much success as any quarterback has ever had in NFL history because that's huge. Like, you're not even a starter. You're third string. You don't even dress some games when Jimmy G was playing. And you go into the games, get all the calls, and you go run the plays. Like, when it's my time, I'm going to ball out and I'm going to be prepared. And that's huge, man. Much respect to that kid because I love the game of football. And, I mean, football was all I had when I played. Yep. But I wasn't doing that, and I'm just being 300. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just keeping it 300. When the game was over, I was the first one in the shower, like, man, I got to hurry up, get to this car, beat this traffic. You know, I wasn't thinking about, man, I ain't playing. Let me go on and run these plays. I ain't even listening to the play. We scored a touchdown. I'm like, yay. I asked him, hey, what route you had when you got back? You know, but yeah. for him to do that, that's that next is level. huge. That is that is next level, and that's huge, man. And the kids need to hear that story because it's a lot of kids and even pros out there right now that don't take their job that serious. Yeah. And when your number could get called so quick, you're not you're not prepared. And it's a lot of pros and kids that need to hear that story. Like, man, your time is gonna come eventually. Who knows when it is? Yeah. But when it does come. Be ready, and that kid was ready, and I instantly started rooting for him. And I'm a Raider, but I instantly started rooting for him. Like, man, go ahead and, man, win this game. Yeah, I had the same exact feeling, and it's crazy because, you know, it being a short week, he had limited time to prepare for the Raiders and limited time to get on the same page with his skill players because he doesn't take first-team reps. So he only had a couple of days to get under center, take some reps, and try to get – some chemistry, try to build that chemistry uh, in a short amount of time. And to know that he was ready when his number was called and the emotion after the game when he spoke to Aaron Andrews, I mean, it was pretty cool. You always have to root for a good story like that, even if you are a Raiders fan. Absolutely. Like, right when I heard it, I'm like, man, the next bunch of kids I talk to, that will be a story that I am sharing. Because that I'm telling you, that is huge, especially when you're making good money, you know, and you you don't got to prepare like that. You're looking at your checks like, man, I'm making good money. Whenever my time is called, it's called. This is Jimmy G's job. You know, when Jimmy G get hurt, they go into Bether and all that. So he easily could have just sat back there and did his little practice squad stuff and handled the plays he had at practice. But... To prepare like you are the starter every week, and it's probably a 1% chance you're going to get in the game when Jimmy G is there. Like, that is huge. That's, that's, that's really showing that you care about your job. That's really showing that you want to be great. And that's really showing, man, when the opportunity comes, I'm going to take advantage of it. And he did. And like I said, all 31 other teams last night seen this kid play. Yes. Heard this kid's story, how he prepares. And uh, trust me, as a coach, you want a quarterback that's going to prepare like that. And as a teammate and as a player, to have a guy like that, you can't do nothing but follow behind a guy like that. Yeah. It's contagious for sure. Now, this would be crazy. I know I'm getting way, way, way too ahead of myself. 
But let's just say he rolls off some wins during this uh, second half of the season. And you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo took over, he went, what, 5-0 and to end the season? Yeah. So what happens if this kid comes in here, final eight games, he goes 5-3? and three? And it puts up ridiculous numbers. Even though they did play Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think in the summer there'll be a quarterback competition or is it already automatically Jimmy G's team? If Mullins goes out there and he wins five games, however he gets it done, Mm -hmm. it won't be no quarterback controversy because he will be traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Buffalo Bills. This will be great. The New York Giants? New York Giants? New York Giants, especially a good young quarterback like yeah. this yeah. that's already under contract. You don't have to pay him no time soon. He will be great trade bait for the 49ers because, I mean, you have you, Jimmy G. You have better guys that can win you ball games. So, you know, let this kid go. Let's, you know, he already is trade bait. I'm sure even if they put better in next game, the, the, what this kid did – Teams are probably going to be calling on him to bring him over today's over today's squad next year. I don't think that you actually answered my question though about like if you feel that this was a fluke or this kid can actually play. Oh, I absolutely do not think it's a fluke. From watching this kid last night and the way he prepared, he absolutely can play. And when you prepare like that, I don't even care if you don't have extreme talent. Mm-hmm. This kid was ready for anything and everything the Raiders threw at him last night. Yep. The Raiders came in there and was like, oh, we got a third-string quarterback. Let's bring all type of different blitzes at him. And he like, blop, 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 been ready for that. He's like, this is the NFL, you know, this is easy. Yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all better bring something else. <laughs> He's carving the Raiders' blitzes up. You know, and as a, as a young quarterback, that's the first thing that really surprises you, the speed of the game and defensive coordinators bringing different exotic blitzes. And the Raiders tried to do that last night, and he was like, nope, ready for this. I already went through this during my head, you know. <laughs> running the plays after the game. Yep, coach told me they got what defense we've seen on there. Boom, carved that up. And it was just impressive to watch. And I, I can see this kid still playing at a high level. And from watching him play last night, he kind of reminded me of an Alex Smith. Oh, okay, yeah. Because he wasn't taking any risky passes, so he's not one of those guys that's going to turn the ball He had a over. couple. He got a couple through some windows. Yeah, he yeah he he got the one hand catch to uh, that was ridiculous to kettle and then maybe the uh, the red zone, but he was taking what they was giving him. Yeah, wide open and players, especially <laughs> especially for a young quarterback to to do that, you know, and not try to you know go out there and you know try to you know just put the whole game on his shoulders and make crazy throws because he you know trying to win a starting job or something. He took what was there and he played well, and I can see this continuing. He was well-prepared, and it's not just going to stop there for him being well-prepared. So I could see him, you know, carving defenses up, man, in that in that 49ers offense. So I love what I've seen from him. I, I do not think this is a fluke at all. I mean, it was a perfect debut, though, going up against a Raiders defense that is terrible. Uh, in your debut on a short week, so the Raiders had little to prepare I think it was just a perfect time for him to to get his feet wet, I guess, in the NFL. And to him, it's funny. He probably is like, man, this NFL thing ain't too bad. Kind of (laughs) easy. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, shoot, when you out there playing like that and you carving people up, but let's not forget the Raiders when they when they go into their locker, they get paid too now. Oh, so yeah. we can't we can't make that an excuse. They came out there yeah. and they played, and he carved them boys up and he balled. And you know, there's a lot of players on that Raiders defense that that could play some ball, and he made it seem like, man, I'm a veteran in this league. I've been doing this forever. <laughs> And we got to give him credit. Yeah. It was it was really fun to watch and special to watch him go out there. And the most impressive part about it is just how cool and calm he was when the pre- when the Raiders brought pressure after him. Yeah, but the thing is, they try to bring pressure. He was untouched. That's the first thing he said. Really, he said, "I was untouched. It was awesome." <laughs> like, yeah, he literally and, and, and said he that was, after the game. <laughs> yeah, and he was untouched because he got the ball out of his hands extremely fast. He was not holding that football. There was wide open receivers and, to throw to. That's why. Yeah. All the things that young quarterbacks do, especially in their first start, he did not do. Yeah, yeah. Young quarterbacks, when they get out there, they tend to force throws because they want to try to make the splash play and show people that, you know, I can be that guy. Or they, they see ghost the, pressure. They, yeah. And then that happens. And then once they do that, they turn the ball over. Then they hold the ball forever because they're not throwing the balls with anticipation, and they hold the ball because guys that were open in college, you know, are not getting that open in the NFL. is different, and you hold it, you get sacked, fumbles, all that. None, he was doing none of that. He was getting the ball out of his hands fast. He was giving signals, checking routes, you know, when the Raiders were bringing certain coverages at him. He was just well prepared, man. That, that I'm telling you, that kid deserves everything. Everything he got last night. What Mullins did yesterday was definitely impressive. Now let's go back to the Raiders. <sighs> okay, so when your former players are trolling you, it's not very good. Not a good look. You know things are bad. So Navarro Bowman, who of course played uh, most of his career with the 49ers, and then last year uh, when he was released, the Raiders picked him up. He tweeted some laughing emojis, and then he wrote, Nah, but for real, this beep is sad. Raiders, where's the pride from top to bottom? The whole sideline would have been called up, shaking my damn head. As a leader, when you see the way the ball game is going, and we all seen kind of how the Raiders are playing out there, kind of with no energy, kind of with their heads down, like, man, we just need to get out of here hurry, and get to the offseason. As a leader... You call the offense up, and you slap all them dudes on the sideline in the head, wake them up, and say, let's go. Like, man, we out here looking like we are not an NFL team. Yeah. Like, let's go. Let's wake up. Like, yeah, we understand everything that's going on off the field, but where's our pride? Yeah. We need to go out here. We need to play hard. We need to see people diving around. We need to see people playing with some passion. Forget what Coach Gruden is doing. Yeah. That's out of our control. But we're playing the game. Yeah. And we need to wake up and we need to go out there and we need to do our job. We're better than this. You know, and that's what Bowman means by call the team up, whether it's the defense, the offense, whatever, but somebody step up and say something. Like, we are better than this right here that we are showing. I don't care if he let Khalil go. I don't care if he let Coop go. I don't care if he traded this, traded that, did that. We're playing now. So let's go out there and do what we got to do. 
And none of the Raiders did that last night. And it's kind of like they were just going through the motions. Yeah. And that's what the bar, Navarro was Navarro meant because I was thinking the same thing. Like, man, come on, let's go. Like, I know you're probably not going to the Super Bowl or the playoffs or winning the division, but let's go. We playing. Yeah. We got to go. We got to play. Now, here's the thing, though. Carr is the leader of the offense, right? And the leader of this whole team. And his voice can only go so far. You used to have a leader in, in Khalil Mack, right? When Khalil Mack left, Bruce Irvin was that leader of the defense. But guess what? Bruce Irvin has been benched. He's not playing. Well, I take that back. Yesterday, he played nine defensive snaps. Just nine. But needless to say, his role has diminished. And you could see his body language on the sideline. He was pissed. He didn't want to be there. So when you have your leader of the defense obviously throwing a fit, I'm not saying he's throwing a fit, but you know he ain't out there talking to these guys. You know he's mad. You know Bruce Irvin keeps it real, and you know he is not happy that he is not playing. So don't you think the other guys are going to follow suit, the younger defensive players are going to follow suit and be like, if he don't care no more, then I don't care no more. I mean, that could happen, but at the same time, listen, just like Bruce can be benched, you can be benched. Yeah. And the product that we seen last night on the field, everybody should have been benched, even the coach. <laughs> you know? All the coaches. So, so, like, my thing is, is I go back to Navarro's quote. Yeah. Just play with the pride. Yeah. Like, just because your name, last name on the back of your jersey is not a big name don't mean you can't be no leader. No, yeah, no doubt. And even if people didn't listen to you or didn't didn't go out there and, and after your speech and play hard, you did what you had to do. Yeah. But somebody should have said something on that sideline last night. I don't care if it was Carr. I don't care if it was Jordy. I don't care who it was, Doug Martin. I don't care if it's a guy on the practice squad. Listen, man, this product we got going on right now, we better than this. Like, people might not know it, the fans, the world might not know but we know it in our locker room. We better than this, so let's go. The problem, like, is, they is, don't have, the problem is they don't have those guys. and so. No, uh, they do. It's just somebody got to step up and say, I played with Jordy. Jordy will call you up. Let's go. I played with Derek. Derek will say somebody should have said something last night to light some fire in them to go out there and at least look like, okay, they losing – but, man, these dudes is fighting their butt off. Well, you know let, what I'm saying? Yeah, but let me tell you Carr's comments after the game. It kind of alluded to what you just said. So after the game, uh, you know, he was asked if people quit, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he said, well, going forward, we'll see who really wants to be a part of this. You'll see who really wants to turn things around and who really wants to do the hard things. It is easy to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else and do it. That's easy. He said, I think going forward, we'll find out who's a Raider. I'm in it for the long haul, and I want to be here, and I want to see the men step up and say, I want to do that too. So he's trying to call them out. I saw his like a pregame speech. He was saying, I give everything for you guys. I give everything for you. All I got, all I got. You guys need to get it, give it back to your brother next to you, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, it's falling on, on deaf ears or something. And he knows that because he saw the quit in some of his teammates. And he said that he walked into the locker room, didn't say a word, just listen to people talk. You know, listen to some of the veterans kind of speak up so you can get a feel for where they're at mentally. 
he obviously didn't say, oh, some people quit, but he was alluding to like, yeah, I know some people have quit, but there's also others that haven't. And we need to come together and finish these final eight games. Oh, listen, I've been there, done that. I've seen where certain players have checked out and certain players are still all in. Like, man, I'm in this situation. We're going to scratch and claw our way up out of here. And I've seen players be like, man, listen, they done bench me or, you know, I ain't playing well. The team ain't playing well, man. Look, we just need to hurry up and get to this off season. This season is done. So I get what he's saying. I do. But at the same time, you have to be better on that football field. I do not care what's going on. You have to be better on that football field, man. And listen, it, you got 53 guys. You're going to have some dudes that's going to quit on you. You know, guys are guys are built different. Some guys going to quit on you. But as a leader, it's your job to whatever 11 guys run out there with you, you make sure that you're going to get the best out of them. And that 2014 Raiders team, we knew that. We was losing, but the guys that we took the field with, we knew that, man, we, they going to give us everything they got. And when we go in this locker room, we might lose, but we ain't going to lose because we ain't giving everything I got. Shoot, Dominique from Rogers, Cromarty, he just retired. Yeah from, watch, <laughs> yeah, from watching that game last night, man, it just looked like they didn't give it everything they got. Yeah, it was it was just bad. And speaking of DRC, man, DRC came over there to play safety, play corner, and they had him at Gunner the whole time. Mm-hmm. He like, man, I'm not going to end my, my career playing no gunner in my opinion I, I understand why he retired but it was kind of like he quit and he sent a message to maybe some of the younger guys who looked up to him like yeah this was for the birds I'm out because this season's you know a wash yeah I always remember when I was in college <laughs> I had gave a speech to the team and we were getting we were getting destroyed we were playing Florida and, yeah, you know, we play in Florida. You know, we don't have the talent that Florida has, especially, you know, on offensive and defensive line. And I remember giving a speech in college, and I ain't going to give the whole speech, but basically <laughs> I said, if you're going to quit, be a man, and don't run out here on this field and line up at wide receiver or line up at running back or line up at tight end. Be a man and just stay on the sideline and quit and send somebody else in there. But don't already be checked out and run into this game and not give us your all. If you're going to quit, just be a man like, dude, I'm done. We can't beat them anyway. And just sit there. But when you run into this huddle with 11 men that's selling out and you already checked out and done quit, we don't want that, man. We don't want that. And that's what I seen from the Raiders. It looked like it was a couple people playing and a couple people checked out. I on mean, both sides. Did you know on that uh, PAT on their final touchdown that there was only ten people on the field? I mean, like, yeah. what in the heck was going yeah. on? Yeah, that means you sitting down there over the bench, like, man, there's some BS, and you say, "Oh, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just a mess right now, but. Hey, the Raiders are closer to the number one pick in the 2019 draft. Man, forget that number one pick, man. <laughs> we don't even know who the number one pick is, man. And the Raider fans don't care about the number one pick. We're trying to win. 
I mean, but John Gruden, that's the problem. He cares about the number one pick. He's trying to get Nick Bosa, trying to get a replace Khalil Mack with one of these picks. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see what he's trying to do. I guess I really don't have any optimism for Raider Nation. We just have to wait and see what plays out because just like the players, we don't know what's going on. We have no idea what the future holds. We have no idea what Mark Davis is thinking. We have no idea what John Gruden is thinking. I got a I got a question for you, Fallon. What? As Mark Davis sitting up there watching that product that was on the field last night, and he was in the box, so you got TVs. You yes. see how the coaches are, you know, kind of getting at each other on the sideline. You just gave John Gruden ten million. I mean, a hundred million dollars for ten years. Mm-hmm. From as you being the owner, Fallon, and you watching that game. When do you say? I made the wrong decisions. I got to let Gruden go. See, he's never going to do that. He's never going to do it. This was his, like, last chance to right his father's wrong. Like, that's what he feels. And he's been chasing him for years and years. Right now, after year one, it ain't happening. If this continues, you know, into three years, oh, he's going to have to pull the trigger. But it's not happening right now. That's his guy. They're like, I, I understand, <laughs> but your father's motto is just win, baby. But it doesn't matter. And Mark is not his watching, dad. Mark is not his dad. Mark is not L. Davis. It, it, it's completely different. Now, if this was Jack Del Rio on the sideline and they are were performing like this, Mark's going down there and firing him like he did last year. You know what I mean? But Mark ain't saying nothing right now. Now, what I will say, we need to hear from Mark. I feel like the fans should – hear from Mark Davis, give his perspective of what's going on, if he stands by Gruden, the, you know, the choices he's made, and if he's optimistic about the future, et cetera, just to kind of, I don't know, give the fans uh, some relief, you know, some optimism, something. Okay, you're with him too. All right, you see his vision. Okay, I'll be with it. I'll, I'm going to be patient. I'll give it a year. Give it one more year. I hear you. But watching that game last <laughs> night, <laughs> you're like nah. and I'm sitting up there as an owner. I'm like, man, listen here. I admit my faults and my mistakes, you know. And I know it's early, but man, it's a lot of stuff going on early in this ten-year contract. You know what? I'm just gonna do this. Well, he relinquished all control and all power that he had to John Gruden. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. all these decisions that John Gruden has made have, I'm not going to say come with uh, Mark Davis's blessings, but he allowed him to have the power and make all these decisions, and he's rolling with it for now. For now. Obviously, he's not going to want this product to be on the field for the next eight games or next season. So he's praying and hoping, John Gruden has a plan, praying and hoping they hit these draft picks in 2019 and praying and hoping this team is at least competitive next year. Oh, this is depressing. I'm going to end it with that. Um, I know I'm always sarcastic and not optimistic when it comes to the Raiders just because who can be? It's so tough right now. But honestly, I really hope and pray the Raiders turn this thing around and hit on these draft picks because growing up a Raiders fan, this is very disheartening. And there's like just a big question mark. If you have faith, you know when they said lead by faith, not by sight? Like, mm-hmm. I just got to I just gotta have faith. You know what I'm saying? Because what I'm seeing right now, it ain't pretty. What I'm seeing right now is not pretty at all. But if you are a Raiders fan and you have faith in John Gruden and his vision for the future, 
than just stick on that and be optimistic, I guess. Yeah, and what I can say, man, are the Raider fans are so dedicated. They probably have been through worse. They've seen worse, you know, product on the field. So, and there is a bright, I mean, there is a little, you can have a little faith when you look at like, okay, yeah, we got a quarterback to build around. We got a good offensive line, you know, so we do have a lot of, good pieces still on our team, and we'll be fine. We have a lot of draft picks, but it takes time. We just got to keep working at it, and I guess you got to keep having faith in Gruden that he's going to get it changed around. Yeah, my faith is very small, but that's okay. All right, that's going to do it for Episode 6 of Keeping It 300. I hope we kept it 300 for y'all. James actually did for once this uh, episode i'm just kidding you wasn't giving us the you wasn't giving us the goods last episode i wasn't feeling that man i always give the goods i always keep it 300 nah you, you know did that. you kept it about 150 <laughs> kept about 150 last time no nah, i'm just kidding but anyways thanks for joining us uh, make sure you rate us and write a review thanks for listening again episode six of keeping it 300 for james i'm fallon yeah For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.